You're listening to the Let's Talk More podcast hosted by me, Sinclair Vaughn, where we discuss topics people don't go deeper into. Join me every week and let's talk more. Um, I have not wanted to do this episode. Um, well, not do this episode, but I have been, um, it's been a minute and it's been on my mind heavily. And, uh, before we jump into let's talk more on today's episode, I want to say, hi guys, how are you guys doing? Um, the podcast is now on episode four. And we launched on August 22nd, and I hope that you guys enjoyed those first three episodes. Um, It was a really great um, time sitting here in my homemade studio recording for the girls and the boys out there listening. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy that the podcast is um, here and we are here to stay. So, little backstory. Um, before we get into the topic of today, let's do a little segment. And this segment is really talking about your host and who she is and whatnot. And then you'll understand where this topic today is coming from and where I didn't really want to discuss this topic for sounding hypocritical. But... I am a 40-something woman, um, Afro-Caribbean at that. I live in the United States. I've been here over 30 years. Um, I am a mom. I'm a published author, self-published, toot toot my horn. Whether it's self-published or a big publication, I am an author. I've written several poetry um, books and one or two novels that really didn't do anything. But I'm still proud of the work that I did. And so um, I love podcasting. It was my very first segue into using my journalism degree. I have an associate's degree in journalism. Um, In school, um, when I was in school, I enjoy being behind the camera directing the people making sure you know things were set up but one thing my professor had said at the time was like journalism brings out different facets of you as a person when i was growing up in the caribbean i didn't i read a lot i was very um vastly equipped with the knowledge to read at an early age So I enjoyed reading and I knew that one day I would want to tell stories. Um, And I didn't know if I was going to be a writer or an author or whatever. I just knew that I wanted to be like the people that were telling these stories that I was reading. And I read a lot of romance novels mostly Mills and Boons. Um, and if you if you remember what a Mills and Boons is, you're in the same age range as me and we, we know what we're talking about. But those were the first ever um, romance publications that 
were back in the, the late 70s, early 80s that a lot of people were reading and they came from the United Kingdom and whatnot. So fast forward to moving to um, America at the age of 11 and I started to find my voice in those books. Um, I went to school, I was bored, I was well advanced in the aptitudes. And so me being um, advanced, I did not, I didn't fit in. I didn't fit in or ascribe to that. Um, and I know you guys will hear this word ascribe a lot, but I didn't fit in into the realm of the cliques or the girlfriends group. I had two friends that I caught, thought I was close with, but turned out that I was just a tag along because I didn't exude teenage sexuality. I didn't do that. I did not exude um, this nice body. What I had for myself at the age of 12, 13, 14, and even up until 15 was double D's and I weighed a soaking wet 100. Um, when I became pregnant with my son at 19, I was literally 110 pounds. I gave birth at 123 pounds. Yes. So just to give you the depiction of it, I had these big old titties and that was the attraction with boys. I didn't come into my own as far as makeup or the body or understanding like the sex appeal until a much later time. But in my junior year and my senior year is when things changed for me because as you develop as a woman, you start to see your body differently. So you own your body because now you're being sexualized by men outside that are supposed to be older than you and more mature than you and you feel um insecure and i did i don't know about you i'm speaking from me i felt insecure about my breasts because they were so big i was skinny and i used to hide behind baggy clothes and all that until i got to about 18 where i started filling out in the right places now i ain't got no Megan the Stallion or Cardi B ass, even though Cardi B paid for her BBL and shit. Shit, I, I had the quink. And I was in that kind of health. I would have gone and got me a little tuck and a little nip. You know what I'm saying? But we ain't got that kind of money. And um, I wouldn't even know how to sell some ass just to get that kind of money, to get some ass, you know? Right. But um, I am not here to say that I don't like plastic surgery or it's not something that I'm not that I'm not into because I'm all for enhancements. If you want to do a little enhancements and you got the coin, go ahead, baby, enhance. Um, but, yeah, I was young and I didn't have that built, that sexuality then. I learned my sexuality when I got into my 20s and late 30s is when my sexuality flourished. Um, I dabbled in the lady pond for many, many years. Um, I, the last female interaction I had was in 2015. Um, that's the last time I was with a woman sexually. Um, but I've always had relationships with women. One of my first, uh, relationships with a woman 
I got into lasted three years. Um, I was 24 at the time and she was much older, almost 40. And it just kind of went from there. I am not label I'm not a label whore so I wouldn't put any label on my sexuality but I am in the LGBTQT and other over there I am a she her they um so you know I have a partner and it is a male and we've been dating for about almost three years now uh we met in the height of the pandemic and we just continue to blossom from there. Um, and this is really great because I got to, for the very first time in 40 something years, I actually lived and coexisted with a male. So that's me in a nutshell, right? I am a mother, of course. Um, and I'm being transparent here because let's talk more about transparency and how we view sexuality in a different light. So in today's topic, something that I didn't know how to address, but I felt like it needed to be talked about more. And that is Hallie and Chloe Bailey. If you're not living under a rock, and you know I always say this, if you're not living under a rock, Hallie and Chloe Bailey are an R&B duo and they're sisters and they are under the Beyonce label. I think they are her first artist and they had YouTube. Um, they used to do a lot of their songs on YouTube and they were nominated for Grammy Awards for Best Artist, Best Progressive R&B Album. Um, they won NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Soul and R&B Songs. Um, the reason why I tried very hard not to really address them because they're much younger than I am. Um, and I know that the, the pushback is going to be like, oh, you're hating on them and her sexuality and so forth. But that's not the address that I was coming with. What I wanted to talk more about is how we um, don't know the difference between um, for sexuality versus natural sexuality. That's what this is. And we're discussing Chloe and Halle Bailey. Now, when they came out, I didn't know who they were. I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't really know who they were. You know, I've been hearing the buzz. Oh, these ladies are really great singers and they're on the Beyonce's label and, you know, they're doing great things and their album is coming and this and the next and the third. If I can tell you one song... I only know Hallie's, uh, Chloe's um, song, Do It, and um, Have Mercy. I think those are the only two songs that I know of the girls. So I don't really know them very well. So recently, Hallie Bailey, the younger one, I believe, she started her YouTube channel. And I was watching, she's posted like maybe one or two vlogs, and she's dating um, a YouTube sensation um guy and he you know he's been on youtube for a long time he got some money he's made you know his he's pivoted from his youtube career to like being an influencer and you know living that brand mentality but what i really want to talk about is the whole um forced sexuality over natural sexuality 
I know it's very hard in the music industry. We've heard it so many times in the music industry that it's very hard for black women to pivot or even become seen for their talents. And there was something that really, I was listening to chat, chat shit, the latest episode of the Issa Rae's um, companion podcast for her show Rap Shit. And something that Jesse Wu and the um, guy Zach, they were talking about was how Nicki Minaj um, was for, he, you know, he felt like Nicki Minaj was forced to get her body done when she came in the rap industry because it was what was selling at the time. It's like the BBL, the image of Lil' Kim. Like I, I'm from the Lil' Kim era and the Foxy Brown era. So then Kimberly started changing from Kimberly to Little Kim. It was very strange because back then in the early 90s, plastic surgery was like a white thing. It was a, if you got money, you can have plastic surgery um, and a celebrity thing. So it wasn't really mainstream and you didn't expect to see a rap star like little Kim doing plastic surgery. She got her butt done. She got her face done. And I think plastic surgery is something that just becomes, uh, addictive. It's like anything that you're into, like, you know, it's a psychological thing as well. And I find like, you know, we see that. I don't think little Kim was forced to get her body done. What I felt was that because Lil' Kim didn't have the Faith Evans look, she felt like she needed to get her body done and her face done to appease to the image that Lil' Kim is, a sex symbol. And what sells is sex, and sex will always sell from back in the 1900s to today. Sex will always become the number one seller. So when I started realizing Chloe Bailey on social media, exposing her body through art, because I'm going to lead with that through art, you know, her posts were like very provocative, very um, controversial because we know them as teenagers and here they are as women. Now they pivoted from this teenage teeny bopper to these grown women. And I think it was forced on us very early. And I think that's the reason why Chloe Bailey gets so much harassment and backlash because of how her image was portrayed to the world. Like, I don't know any... Um, other female artists like now let me tell you this Chloe Bailey and Halle Bailey they're very talented musicians I will never take that away from them however the image that they're portraying not the younger one Halle but Chloe the image that Chloe portrays it gives me very dominatrix vibes and the reason I say that because a lot of people won't talk about it we see the image we see that but I get Chloe Bailey as a dominatrix in training when I see her show those images. A lot of you might not agree, and it's okay because if you're not in that, 
know, if you're not in the know of BDSM or dominatrix, you wouldn't see it. And so when I look at her, I see her, a lot of people are thinking that she is portraying someone else. But in my vision, in my view as the voyeur watching these women come to pass, she's not actually portraying something she's not. She is really that person. Um, I think she gets a lot of backlash because we still want her to be a child and we don't want her to elevate into adulthood. And this stems back from me being a child and learning about my body and elevating into womanhood. Because I think if we're not taught to own our sexuality at an early age, when we get out to the world and people talk about our sexuality or put their own perspective on it, it comes off as very cringy and very unworthy of who we are as a people. And I find that the backlash with Chloe Bailey is like, she's doing too much. Or, um, you know, something like focus on the music, which I agree in a way, like focus on the music as well. Like sell the music, like the Instagram skits and the, um, little music here and there and a few shows that she did like when she was on Jimmy Kimmel I believe um and she was doing her have mercy and she was gyrating and all this stuff that people were just like attacking her for I want to know her for her talent now if her talent is to show her sexuality then that's how I'm going to know Chloe Bailey if her talents is to sing songs and show how talented she is, um, then that's how we would know her. But at the moment, we're being forced fed her sexuality. Simple, plain and simple. It's being forced to us. It's not subtle. I don't care what nobody said. She does not have a subtle bone in her body because in her mentality, uh, you know, in my opinion, her mentality is I need to show that I'm a woman. I need to transcend from the childlike behaviors that everyone knows them for because they are children musicians. We know them for being children when they were younger. Now they're women. We need to know them. But do we need to know them as a sexual being? to get to know them. That's what they are. That's where I'm coming from. I think that's the problem I'm having is we are finding so many people forcing sexuality to the forefront and our talents are getting lost, especially in the music industry, in the acting world. Like even with Laurie Harvey, when she um, came out and said something about her body when she went to the Met and everybody jumped on her case and, you know, bashed her about her, her choice of how she looked at her body and her wellness. Instead of saying, oh, wow, Laurie's aware that she doesn't want her body to go through changes that she's not probably mentally ready for. So she's maintaining a healthy, to her, a healthy and well body by doing certain things, Pilates, eating certain calories and so forth. And when it comes to Chloe and Hallie, I think you see a different dynamic there because you're seeing Hallie, the more she got, she made a comment where she's like, oh, I got the boobs and Hallie got the booty. And that's great to make that, that statement and say those things 
because you 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 are being affected by what the world is saying and even recently something was said about chloe because let me tell y'all if y'all on twitter they roast her all the time on twitter no matter what she does they come for her on twitter sometimes on instagram but that block button on instagram is a lot faster than the twitter button and so i've noticed that she claps back um when people say certain things and i feel like to me this is my opinion when you own your sexuality there is no reason to clap back at anything anybody out there is saying about you because they don't know who you are Think of sex workers who are strong in the porn industry, who know who they are, decided that that was the journey they took, and they're not afraid to own their sexuality. They don't have to define who they are. They don't have to make people want to love them based off of who they perceive to be now after they've come out of the sex industry. And I think Chloe needs to... Stop focusing on the negativity from the people outside and more focus so on what it is that she's trying to emote to the world. Like, what are you trying to say to the world when you come out the door? Um, are, am I an artist? Do I want to be known for an artist? Do I want to be known for trying to be like Beyonce? Because that's something that gets thrown at her all the time. She's trying to be Beyonce. And I think, you know, don't take, I'm taking, don't take what I'm saying, like thinking that I'm going with against her with the masses. Because at the end of the day, I want women to understand that sex positivity is wonderful. It's beautiful. However, if you are emoting or promoting an image of sex, own that motherfucker. Let everyone know, I'm going to do whatever I want to because this is who I am. Now, are we going to get some good music out of her? Maybe, maybe not. Will we get um, Icon out of Chloe Bailey? I'm not sure. I think we're rushing her to do so much solo career that we're, we're forgetting that she was in a group with her sister. And the talents that they have separately and together. I think that's the problem. It's like, I don't know why we don't see them doing more. I want to say, and when I say more, I'm talking about more as far as like their music career. Because I'll say something to you. I was actually listening to um, a podcast. I don't remember where I was listening to it. But it was something that was said where in today's society, right? Oh, it's Getting Grown with Kia and um, Jade. I think that was the podcast. Um, in today's society, I feel like when you come into the music industry, you pump out the music, they recognize you, you get your hit, you get your chart, and you go. And then you move on to the next thing because the Gen Z has shown that they have to be quick, instant gratification so we need to move on to the next thing jump into the next parallel so okay i'm a musician but i want to act so now i leave the music behind so i jump into acting i get a movie role or i get a feature or premiere into something um that doesn't really show my character because hallie and chloe are actually on grownish 
the spinoff from Blackish. And I remember seeing them in there and watching them. And I was like, okay, they could really act. The twins could really, they're playing twins. They could really act. Um, and that's great. But I think that when, because I'm from the old school and where how I grew up listening to musicians and actors and stuff like that, there's steps that they took to get to the next level. But in today's society, with all that's open up to us, all the, the, the waves and the movements that were happening and opening up these doors for some of the new people, we're realizing that they're moving from one place to the other because Coco Jones is a musician and she's also an actress and you will probably know her best from the new show on, I believe, uh, Peacock, which is called um, Balear, which is a spinoff from the Fresh Prince of Balear. And she is playing Hillary's character. I remember her not for that character. I actually remembered her for putting out her first single and her first album. She's like this pop, teeny popper, whatever. Um, she's really talented. And I think when people saw her in Bel Air, they didn't recognize Coco because I didn't recognize her at first because she was so young when I was list I listened to her and I have her on my um, iTunes for so many years that did not even put two and two together that that was her. And so when people saw her, that's where they recognized her. Okay, yeah, that's Coco Jones. She's from Bel Air. But she put out a single and everyone thinks that, oh my God, now she wants to be a singer. No, she started out as a musician. She started out singing and then she propelled to acting. And so she got a big break, really, truly, in acting. But she was a child singer and had an album as a teenager. Um, but she was pop. She was not R&B and soul. And I think that's the thing. It's like she got her now. Now she had a big break with Bel Air. Now it's time to show my true love, which is music. That's my opinion. I think that's where that is going. As far as Chloe and Hallie, forced sex is not going to sustain natural sex appeal will sustain and when i said for sex for sex appeal it doesn't come off great it comes off cringy or trying too hard this is the audience is perceiving it us trying to now i know there's a lot of women out there saying yay root for her gold power empowerment women's empowerment women's sexuality but there's a difference between subtle and put it on you like give it to you in your face like forcing it down your throats and I thought in the beginning that's what it looked like it came off as it was being forced on the audience that is tapping into who she is as a person and it would have been nice if she had subtly approached her sex appeal out there so that we can really get to hear what it is that Chloe's really trying to give us because now we're ridiculing her music, her talents. A lot of people on Twitter is saying that she can't sing or she do this, she do that. And she even made the comment and was like, oh, first I can't sing, first I'm doing too much. And I'm like, it's a mental capacity that is getting to you. And if I were her team, I would be like, Take the commentary with a grain of salt. 
because one, we don't know you. We are getting to know you and we aren't there with you every day. So we don't know everything about you. And so we, we're only grasping at the little straws that you're giving us. And that's the reason why you get the backlash. So don't feed into what they're saying about you because regardless of how popular you are or how you know, famous you are, how much money you make, you're still human and you have human feelings. You have the, you know, you can be hurt by words. And so I don't want you to feed into it. I just want you to figure out what it is that Chloe Bailey um, is trying to tell the world about herself. Um, And that's my opinion. That's just my, that's my opinionated talk. Um, thank you guys for listening to Let's Talk More. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you guys know what to do. Check those show notes for any additional information. Also, um, yeah, just subscribe, leave a review. Let me know how the podcast is doing so far. We're at four episodes in and I have so much more coming your way. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. So once again, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Let's Talk More. Hope to see you here next week, Monday for a brand new episode. And don't forget, check the show notes. Make sure you like, subscribe to the podcast and leave a Raven review so that the podcast can be pushed to a wider audience. I'll see you here next week. This is your host, Sinclair Vaughn.